Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Uh, Every second Wednesday, we get to do a segment with our friends over at Books Forward. Uh, You know what? We've been working with Books Forward for I don't know how many years. I know even pre-radio. So, I mean, probably like 16, 17, 20 years. They represent the best authors. And we talk about fiction, mystery, crime, historical fiction, and also nonfiction. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about leadership training. Uh, We're going to be chatting with leadership scholar and master trainer Jonathan R. His new book is out now. It's called Preparing Leadership Educators. It's out through Stylus Publishing, and it really holds, it fills a gap um, in the leadership world, and it also gives some really good techniques for training, uh, also keeping it interactive and fun, because you know what, who wants to sit in training and just kind of be bored like it happens you know we get bored so uh, go to leadershiptrainer.org. Welcome to the show Jonathan how are you? I'm doing so great, Lisa. Thank you so much for this opportunity to connect. I'm so excited to speak with you and certainly excited to share about preparing leadership educators and the training landscape. Yeah, because we don't want to be bored. I, nobody wants to be bored. And, you know, even with all the Zoom and everything, right, we get kind of zoomed out. And then there's the actual training and you go, okay, I got to go to a conference. And then you get there and you're like, okay, I have to just sit and listen. Is that kind of one of the biggest mistakes is where you're just kind of preaching and the choir says, I've heard that before. That's exactly right. Look, we've all had terrible training experiences where we're sitting and listening and we're engaged passively. Uh, And Mm. we culturally within our training and development landscape really need to change the way things operate that we know that learning does not happen best by listening to a lecture style presentation or by sitting through a slide deck, a PowerPoint presentation, that we need to be hands-on and immersed and fully engaged. We need to have an opportunity to experiment with the topic or theme if we want to learn that material. And so I wrote this book, Preparing Leadership Educators, as a way to change the way we engage in training and development because we're, we're, we need better uh, than lecture style presentations. We need better than being bored in our trainings. Yeah, you know, and having a book though, that's really good to have that material, that hands-on. Does it go with your training, uh, with your training programs for leadership educators? So it certainly does. Uh, so preparing leadership educators is uh, certainly a standalone text for people that formally or informally facilitate the training and development of others. And this book uh, was actually developed first as a program manual, as a training workbook mm-hmm. for our certification program. We call it the Leadership Trainer Certification Program. And We were operating in Nicaragua in Central America and found that there were so few resources uh, in Spanish. And so we, we, the the royal we, I wrote this training manual (laughs) and uh, had it translated into Spanish that would include some theories, leadership theories, leadership practices, and the facilitation pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in 2018, political and social unrest unfolded that really made it unsafe and untenable for us to continue our work there. So I came back to the United States. I'm based in Boston. 
and had a phenomenal pilot program for professionals in higher education and the nonprofit space who facilitate trainings. Uh, and then COVID happened. And so over the last few years, I took our training manual to make it much more robust, much more grounded in the scholarship and the literature, both the leadership literature and the, and the training and facilitation literature. And now we have an incredible text uh, that lots of people can use. And certainly we leverage for our certification program. I think it's great because you have activities in there. Um, I think that's something, again, not just where you're just sitting in the room. Uh, Nancy and I did a lot as, you know, we travel the country documenting parks and public lands. Um, we started doing some last, well, we didn't even mean to, it just kind of happened, uh, tourism trainings and some uh, teaching communities to work together if they want tourism, how to work with their community. And we went in and there was, you know, we had what we were going to say and everything, but what we found was that they, th these communities really actually needed help, but it was asking them what did they need and actually just opening the floor, which was kind of always like, don't let anybody interrupt your speech. You need to speak and then let them all talk at the end. And what we found was, hey, this is what we do. A very brief introduction. What do you want to know? Because <laughs> we're here, do it while we're here. Very small community. So it was very uncorporate, you know, kind of setting. And that's when we could actually dig in and get to work. And we found people that were actually arguing and stealing each other's business side. I mean, like really just petty stuff going on in communities start to communicate and break through some barriers that they had because we were kind of in the in-between middle. We needed punching bags, but anyway, <laughs> but that was it. It was like having people that go between where I, I feel like the people attending these seminars and leadership trainings they kind of get told to shut up and sit in the back. Absolutely. Yeah. And how unfortunate because we as social beings, we are hungry and thirsty for engaging with one another and engaging with the material of that training or workshop. And so we need to be provided opportunities to get our hands dirty and wrestle with the material and engage in reflective dialogue with our, our peers in that space. And so as the trainer or facilitator, we have a responsibility to create this holding environment, the conditions for folks to engage with one another so that they can really benefit from the experience, just like you're describing. Mm -hmm. And with preparing leadership educators, you're exactly right. I, I wanted this to be a very practical resource. And so with the dozens and dozens of leadership theories and leadership practices, I include an experiential activity. So there's over 45 experiential activities with instructions on how to facilitate that activity and my go-to reflective dialogue questions. So anybody who utilizes this text, if they're facilitating a training or workshop on team building or communication or mindfulness or adaptive leadership or servant leadership, they've got an activity that they can pull from with instructions and the reflective dialogue questions to implement it right on the spot with that training experience. How much have we changed too? You know, you're talking about our social beings, right? But in leadership, I think we, um, I think corporate America is definitely having to kind of, it's a, there's a shakeup going on. And the people have said, like, you know, you, you haven't been really leading us very nicely. We'd like some big changes happening. And if you don't have an ear as a leader, then that kind of, you're not going to do that great. So I feel like what you, what you're giving people through your trainings and through your book 
is this opportunity to grow? Because if you don't now as a company and a nonprofit, because that's a company too, uh, no matter what it is, even a small business, right? If you don't start changing now and you're gonna you're gonna be sad. I don't mean to be mean, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it's it's very very true, right? And and so we know we hear a lot right now about quiet quitting. Well, I think that's in major response to people not feeling well, feeling connected, uh, feeling the gratitude from their organizations, uh, and it really comes down to management, right? We know that people don't leave companies, they leave managers, they leave supervisors if they're not feeling uh, engaged or connected uh, to that individual. Uh, And so if that person's a poor manager, well, that's going to have serious implications. Uh, And a lot of our managers are promoted into those positions because they have very strong technical skills. Those technical skills don't always translate, rarely do they translate into leadership skills. And so we either need to promote and hire managers who have exceptional leadership skills or promote and hire managers who have exceptional technical skills and develop their leadership capacities. And so Mm. that's what this book is for. It's really about providing trainers the opportunity to be more impactful and effective in developing those managers within organizations. So those managers can be more effective in the roles that they hold. You know, we just did an interview a few days ago um, about relationships, healthy relationships. And we were talking about personal relationships and then professional relationships. And I started talking about, well, I think we've got to a point now where not is not only do we have the quiet, you know, exodus of people out of their careers, but customer service, you know, we look at AI, it's all this great technical stuff. It's awesome. But customer service is not, I, the AI and customer service are not the same thing. And I think as we get all these corporate things, everyone's just like, oh, have the little robot talk to people and send everybody the list of FAQ links, which just, you know, I, my blood pressure goes up even as I say this. And the, the gentleman we were talking to said, you know, it's a customer service comes from the management and how you are treating your employees and how you are leading. And so the customer service experience will never happen if the core of the company is not happening for the employees, because if they don't care, they're not going to take care of your customers. So that's why I think what you're doing is crucial. It's, it is. It really is. Thank you. Yeah, I, well, I agree. I feel really called to do this work. And so certainly this this work, trainer preparation is about the immediate skills building of trainers and facilitators. But it's also about long-term generational change. And a question that we ask at Leadership Trainer is, how can the next generations of leaders effectively navigate the challenges we will all inevitably face if their trainers and facilitators of today are ill-prepared? Well, they won't. And so all of the daunting challenges that we're facing now are going to be heavier and bigger uh, in the next decades to come. And if our trainers and facilitators of today are not prepared to develop the leadership skills and capacities of participants today, then we're not going to be able to navigate these challenges effectively in the generations to come. And also, you know, we've got a new generation of people coming through, a younger generation who are very, even if they're attached to the phone, like we all are, right? 
it's an interactive experience on a phone and that's part of that attraction. So going again to leadership, being interactive, having that dialogue. So you're talking about relationships, really, at the end of the day, leadership is a relationship and trust. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leading is no question a developmental relationship, just like mentoring, supervising, coaching, uh, leading is a developmental relationship and relationship is the key word there mm -hmm. for sure. So do you have people getting your book and, and working with you also uh, who are maybe public speakers and going in and doing specific training um, just like maybe it is even for a restaurant or uh, things like that? Definitely. We work with folks from diverse industries. I provide coaching. Uh, we call it training coaching uh, to help folks uh, focus on their practice as a developmental educator. And that also includes public speaking. And so, so often uh, we have folks that just get caught up uh, in, their, in their own stuff. Uh, and the more that we can release that, the more we can focus in on our presence when giving a speech, when giving a keynote presentation or any kind of presentation, uh, the better off we're going to be. Uh, and so, yeah, I certainly provide all that. So when it comes to in, in using the book too, you have a certain energy. Obviously, it's like, hey, let's go. Um, I watched a video that you've also created talking about how you are training, you know, how it is interactive. So how much is that when you are going to train people to lead? How much positive energy is like, how much is needed? Because you can't, you can have all the technical, uh, you know, skill as you were talking about, but your energy has to you know, reflect on and be genuine. So to get someone out of their shell that may have all the specifics and know how to lead, but like, oh, I can't go out there. Uh, it can be, you can do it, right? Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm biased because I do have an optimistic lens and I'm, and I'm full of hope for the future. One of my mentors uh, commented about my chronic optimism when I was in graduate school. So, so I'm biased and I certainly have that lens. But I think what you're saying, Lisa, is, is exactly right. That our presence, our sense of optimism and hope, our energy uh, has serious implications for how folks see us and engage with us during our training experiences. And so we wanna be authentic. And so if we're an introvert and um, we have a little bit quieter of a disposition, well, we can certainly leverage that and we don't want to come off uh, feeling or being seen as fake, uh, right. but we also want to make sure that our participants tap into their energy and positivity and hope and optimism, which means that's how we want to be presenting ourselves. Mm. So do you help politicians? <laughs> <laughs> I have yet I had to, to go, go there. Come on. <laughs> I've yet to work with a politician, but I would love to, in part because our, I, I find our political system is, is close to being broken, uh, if not broken already. And a lot of it has to do with the way folks are focusing on themselves rather than on the outcomes for the communities, whether it's our national government or even local governments. Mm -hmm. And so we really need to focus on the leadership development of our of our politicians, of our elected uh, and unelected political leaders um, so that they can be more effective in their roles. 
I, I really agree because, and I bring it up because when we think of leadership, a lot of times the first thing that comes to my mind is our, our so-called leaders, so-called. That's what you, you hear this all the time, you know, so-called leaders, they're supposed to be working for us, blah, blah, blah. And you're right, it is looking very broken. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the people of America are not happy with any of what's going on. But I feel like um, leadership is key right now because we have so much change. We have some serious things going on in the world, which does affect business. It, uh, the importance of nonprofits right now, I think, are just massive to help these uh, organizations that are trying to do good work. I think a lot of things, the ball has been dropped on a lot. And um, the nonprofits are picking up a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? A lot of companies are going through change to do better, more positive things, whether it's for the environment or for people. So there's a lot changing in how we treat people at work. Definitely. A lot of legal things. So there's that. So leadership now, I mean, do you see this as becoming kind of a new career, like a massive kind of change of like, a, you know, what do you do? I'm in leadership. I teach leadership. I mean, that becoming, you know, I didn't think of that when I was in school, but now, yes, you know. Certainly. And there are more and more uh, leadership minors, leadership majors, leadership graduate programs at universities. There's lots of leadership development uh, programs. And certainly when we look at any library or bookstore, uh, we see a tremendous amount of leadership books. One of the things that I think is concerning is we often conflate this notion of, of leader with leadership, and they're two separate mm. things. And so a, a leader, we need to separate it from this notion of position and power and prestige. Often we think about a leader only because of the position that that person holds. And that does not make somebody a leader. That gives them authority and power. Uh, it gives them mm. control. Uh, but it does not necessarily mean that they are a leader. Uh, and of course, it depends on how we define leadership. Uh, and there is not a set standard, commonly agreed upon definition of leadership. I mean, when we think about the term, all of us have wildly different understandings and ideas of what leadership is, and that then informs how we practice it. And that informs what who we see as leaders mm. uh, and what that means when it comes to issues of power and control and authority. Wow, that's really true. I mean, and then at the same time, when you think about leaders and leadership, like you're saying, there's a gazillion books. We do interviews all the time about how to be the best leader but you rarely see what you've written, which is training the leaders that teach the leaders. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's a very rare thing. It's kind of everybody, it's kind of inverted the way we've done this. Oh, I'm a leader now. And there it is. I'm leading my people, but there's no one, you know, I've read a book and, but this is different. This is how to actually hands-on create a, you know, a really good, you know, company structure. It's like having the skeleton. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and we're really what I wanted to do with this book, Preparing Leadership Educators, is to fill a gap in this leadership landscape. You're exactly right that there are very few, if any, books that combine the leadership material and the facilitation material. Mm -hmm. In my workshops, in my trainings, one of the first icebreaker questions I like to ask is, share with us or share with a partner how you learned how to facilitate trainings. 
And almost everybody says trial and error, trial by fire, watching somebody else and trying to replicate that. And that is not a healthy way for us to learn how to facilitate the development of others. Oh, and no, so this you lose trust. Is, you don't have trust when you do that. No, no, certainly not. Mm -hmm. Certainly not. So this book and, and the work of my nonprofit leadership trainer is really centered on trainer and facilitator preparation, giving these folks the knowledge base and skill set to be impactful and effective so that they can create the change, the return on investment within their organizations and within their communities. So this takes HR to a different level, too. It does. It definitely does. This is a phenomenal book for human resource professionals, learning and development professionals, uh, people operations professionals, those within the corporate uh, world who are facilitating training uh, internally within their organizations. And look, within the corporate space, there are a million first-time trainers every single year or pre-pandemic wow. there were. So there's a million people going into this space, doing this work, who are ill-prepared. That's going to have serious implications and ramifications for our organizations, our organizational effectiveness, our organizational bottom line. And so mm. it's, I think it is an imperative for our uh, corporate entities and certainly higher education, nonprofit, across the industries to focus in on trainer preparation. I think that's really true. I mean, when you, again, the customer service is just going to go down, 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 down. You know, we want, as humans, we want those those human relationships, no matter what you're buying into, where you're working. It's like, um, yeah, I, I can see, I can also see where your book and uh, can help organizations like even chambers of commerce be able to take their community and say, hey, let's all learn this for our local businesses. You know, Definitely. Like yeah, I mean, the whole part three of the book are, are leadership practices, and there's dozens and dozens of them. And so even if you're not a trainer or facilitator, you can pull from this book to focus on your own leadership practice, whether it's about grit and resilience or emotional intelligence or communication, mindfulness. I mean, there's dozens of these leadership practices that can enhance what we mm -hmm. do as leaders in our organizations and communities. And do you help in regards to leadership where you can do it internationally using Zoom and all these technologies? I mean, obviously everybody stand like he's standing right now. I know you're standing, right? You're not Definitely. sitting. I knew it. I know it's like, he's like, I'm bringing my energy. <laughs> so that's it. So uh, using Zoom and everything. So I know we talk about customer service and, but that connectivity, can you help organizations with, with your book and what you're doing because you still have to lead sometimes from your couch. It, you know, it, every, it's a different world and people are traveling everywhere. There's digital nomads like Nancy and I who are like, yeah, this is cool. I mean, in the middle of the Appalachian woods right now, it's really pretty darn cool. So if I have to do training and it's online, you know, it, you still want someone there online. You don't want the pie chart. Take exactly. the pie chart and you know what? <laughs> it, Definitely. So, so I'll say I, I include a section with preparing leadership educators that focuses on facilitating trainings in a digital environment. So it is possible. 
And we should leverage experiential learning and reflective dialogue, just like we would in a face-to-face -face engagement mm -hmm. in the virtual engagement, because it has exponentially increased impact than uh, just using a slide deck and, and providing a lecture style presentation. So, so definitely, and in terms of international engagement, I am welcome to it, and I am totally welcome to travel. Oh, he wants to go back to Nicaragua. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so uh, if folks, if your listeners are from anywhere across the globe, they I are. am welcome to come to you and facilitate a training uh, uh, and engage in this work in your locale. That's awesome. I, I just think nonprofits need it, you know, too. That's a, that's a, and you're, yours, a, yours, you are a nonprofit, right? Exactly. And our work started with nonprofit leaders in Nicaragua, providing them with the knowledge base and skill set to do this training and facilitation mm -hmm. work more effectively, uh, in part, as you were saying earlier, because the leadership land, well, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the hemisphere. So there's a very limited uh, infrastructure, let alone leadership infrastructure. And so we wanted to enhance that by engaging with nonprofit leaders on the ground who are constituent facing uh, to provide them with the knowledge base and skill set to facilitate more effective trainings. And so, yeah, we started with nonprofit leaders in Nicaragua. When we came back, uh, we wanted to hold on to that and continue to train yeah. and engage nonprofit leaders, as well as university administrators, as well as corporate trainers. The college, yeah. You know, the other thing too, I mean, we're looking at, you know, universities, you're, that is the head of learning how to, you know, be leaders. And um, the other thing going back to the nonprofits is leading volunteers. That is such, I, you know, people are like, oh, you know, they're doing it for this. And then, oh, you have to always give them a free lunch. Kind of, there's this, this, uh, you know what I'm talking about. So the yes. leading volunteers actually can sometimes be more complex than leading employees. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. In part because there's uh, limited leverage, right? Uh, when we're leading volunteers. Yeah, there's there's no question. That's exactly right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for writing the book. How does it feel getting a book out? It's a lot of work. <laughs> it, it is a lot of work. It feels incredible. Um, I'm, I'm doing this podcast tour thanks to Books Forward. And so I'm, oh, I'm awesome. delighted. And, and uh, I really believe that this book is such an important factor as we look to enhance the training and facilitation skills of folks that are engaged in that work. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you bet. It's helped me reading it. Going through, I'm going to me. I don't do that, but there's leadership in everything we do in life. And so it's always going to, the more you learn, the better we are, right? That's that. So uh, everyone, again, I, I want to give everyone your website. So they go to leadershiptrainer.org. The book is by Jonathan R. Kroll, and that's K-R-O-L-L-L, K-R-O-L-L, I can spell, uh, Preparing Leadership Educators. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. We're here every day. And also booksforward.com is a website. Uh, they rock. So thank you so much, Jonathan, and best luck and uh, happy travels, because I know you'll be back on a plane soon. <laughs> yes, thank you so much.